Mr. Robot Season 4, Episode 11, 411 Exit is still over, and we're still talking about it here on Post Show Recaps with the second of two podcasts about the penultimate episode of Mr. Robot. A wild thing to say out loud, the penultimate episode of Mr. Robot. It's only fitting that we've got two podcasts to cover this crazy episode, uh, just as there are two of us here on the podcast, myself, Josh Wigler, and Antonio Mazzaro, unless Antonio... Uh, our duplicates are on the line as well. Yeah, I had to look around for a second here. Uh, I mean, anybody could come in the door at any time. This is, uh, I don't know, what, what would the alternate universe Josh Wiggler look like? What would, what, uh, what's the version of that? Are you listening to OK Go in that world? I think that the alternate universe version of me is probably also podcasting with you about Mr. Robot Antonio, but maybe is like two minutes further along in the podcast oh, than gosh. we currently on uh, currently <laughs> We've created are. multiple timelines. Yeah, yeah, that's a very deep cut inside <laughs> joke because Antonio and I had to stop down and start recording our podcast again. Uh, so we're two minutes behind where we would have been if we had started the normal way through. But maybe in the alternate universe, Antonio, uh, that podcast is just like real going full clip right now. Yeah, well, strangely, we had to stop down because my track disappeared and, and stopped showing anything. So <laughs> yeah. I am a little concerned now. If the room starts shaking, we really are going to have to stop and something's <laughs> going to have to gonna happen. Start, going to start seeing red. The great joke that I made uh, during the first run of the podcast, it was really fantastic. Hilarious joke. Was that I was going to be like jacked like Kumail Nanjiani is for his Marvel movie, The Eternals. That would be my alternate universe, Josh Wiggler, who's never eaten pizza before. And then Antonio said, oh, Jack Wiggler. And I was Jack. like, yeah, like like Jack Bauer. Yeah. Uh, my CTU wish fulfillment is uh, is finally uh, here. And so I, did, I didn't tell you this, but the alternate universe. Yeah, you didn't universe, tell me where you went. I didn't. The alternate universe, Antonio Mazzaro, is just Sam Esmail. <laughs> oh god it explains a lot it's blowing why minds. you know so much blowing minds with that one no why, i wish yeah. boy, boy do i wish no uh, uh i wish as well yeah That'd jack wiggler though i'm ready for jack wiggler's uh, adventures uh we'll see we'll see if the world is ready for any for... relation to tyler weigert oh none we don't talk about him anymore oh, no, sorry. uh but You're but Mr. we Robot. do we do talk about Sweater Vest Elliot. We do talk about Hooded Tyrell, uh, not to be confused with Hooded Justice. Okay. Uh, we do talk about F Corp. We, we're talking about Ollie. We're talking about Lloyd. We're B-mock. talking about Angela, the B-Mock. Yeah, we're the two B-Mocks here on Post Show Recaps. I think that's how we're going to... That's going to be the legacy of Mr. Robot moving forward here on the podcast. Uh, we're talking to all of you. You're all uh, big people on campus as well. You're our favorite people. You're along for the Mr. Robot ride. This is our feedback show. We're going through a bunch of feedback, which understandably people had a lot of coming out of this episode. Uh, We will get into all of it, of course, coming up after this podcast. We're going to have two more Mr. Robot podcasts because the finale, the finale. Antonio is finale here. Uh, we have uh, we have a two hour final episode of Mr. Robot still on the horizon. It is currently as of this recording. We're recording on a Tuesday night. It is still untitled. We do not know what this episode is called at the time of this recording. And that is I don't know why that's stressful, but it's so stressful. <laughs> Like, I feel like, you know, it wouldn't be helpful because we've already veered away from the 400 codes, right? Uh, but like, I'm, I'm still, I'm still so stressed out because I just don't know anything about where we're going right now. And it's great. What a great feeling. What a great time to be on. An exciting time in the world today, Antonio. Has there been an episode of Mr. Robot called Execute? Execute. Uh, not that I recall. I'm concerned. I'm, I'm not oh, saying God. that that's what the finale will be called, but if it were called that, I would be concerned that, 
someone would need to be executed uh, or that we would need to press enter and start a thing. Uh, I don't know. There are other computer terms I'm trying to think of, things that would make sense uh, in the computer universe. Do you have any thoughts about what a title well, might be? This may be dated. By the time this comes out, we may know the title. Yeah. Well, if it's exit that we're talking about, what about enter? Are we going to enter something? I like that. That's a computer there, word, right? You know, it's the it's the. What about, it's what the, about return? Is the other is the other return? Entry. Return is good too. Return is good. Well, then this should have been escape. Yeah, right? escape or shift and return or shift. Yeah. I don't have an I don't have an exit or button on alt my computer. Tab. <laughs> alt <laughs> or, alt shift shift control Apple symbol. Oh my god. Well, we'll talk about the possibilities of what's ahead in the finale. I think uh we can we can let the mystery be on the title for now. Uh, we're going to try and solve some mysteries for you along the way here in our discussion of 411 Exit. Uh before we do, Antonio, let's take a quick second to thank our sponsors for this episode of Post Show Recaps, our friends over at CBS All Access with their show currently streaming, the new season of Tell Me a Story by Kevin Williamson. Antonio, I was going to ask you about your favorite fairy tale growing up. Uh, right now, it's just hard to know if, if we're even going to have like the same fairy tales to discuss, depending on uh, if we're having like a frequency moment uh, and we're like talking to each other across time and space and not even in the same universe together. It is. Uh, and you've asked me this before, my favorite fairy tale. And I think I've realized uh, it's democracy. It's democracy. <laughs> oh, dark. Uh, what dark. about? Yeah, I'm a Rumpelstiltskin guy. I think yeah, I've said trap, before. Trap. I like the Rumpelstiltskin. I like the whole "your firstborn child" of it all, and the spinning gold out of uh, out of hay. It was I think it was hay that turned into gold? Sounds right. I think hay hay turned into gold in Rumpelstiltskin. I, I've said mine is Peter Pan, and I think I stand by that, uh, but I, I still think it's democracy. But anyway, uh, this this show uh, that we're talking about here with CBS All Access, not about any of those tales. No, it is about different fairy tales. Uh, Kevin Williamson's Tell Me a Story it takes the world's most well-known fairy tales and reimagines them as a dark and twisted psychological thriller. It's exploring an entirely new set of characters, and this season features three legendary stories, Beauty and the Beast, Sleeping Beauty, and Cinderella, and it is streaming right now on CBS All Access. It stars Paul Wesley, uh, best known for his role in The Vampire Diaries, which co-starred Ian Summerhalder, who is uh, soon to no longer be an active part of the Down the Hatch podcast here on Poster Recaps. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, the show also stars Daniel Campbell from The Originals, Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix, and Jessica Jones, as well as Ika Darville, Carrie Ann Moss's co-star from Jessica Jones, Matt Loria. Shout out to Friday Night Lights. Really great cast on this show. Uh, the new season of Tell Me a Story was shot on location in Nashville, which means there's original music woven into the stories that you're not going to want to miss. So sign up today for CBS All Access by going to cbs.com slash post. You'll get your first week of CBS All Access for free and you can stream the new season of Tell Me a Story. That's cbs.com slash post to get your first week of CBS All Access for free. Antonio, yeah. let's talk about other things uh, that we currently have access to, which is apparently a totally different universe in the world of this robot. <laughs> yeah, what is happening? Access. What yeah. is happening? What is happening is still the question that is on my mind and on the minds of many people as well who are uh, listening to this podcast, including Sarah. Uh, Sarah had written in and said, what is happening? I felt that. Thank you. I just needed to scream with somebody for a while. 
Yeah, listen, the, my internal monologue has been screaming in in the the end sound cue, the music. It's like cue. Elmo with the fire raging behind you, right? That's the <laughs> just gift. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I wish I were the dog sipping a cup of water with the uh, with the fire. This is fine. This yeah, is fine. I wish, but fine. it's not. Um, no, I I feel like th- what my my body has felt like the the Mac Quail music cue that comes on right as the credits start to roll that that's how i feel inside since i saw this it won't stop and i really need to watch the the next episode like as soon as possible this will be one if you're listening to this in the future uh whatever timeline you're in uh and you are able to you're in not urine uh you're able to catch up on these episodes just by binging them i envy you i envy your ability to jump right into this next episode even though sort of obliterates the need for what we're doing here uh, or the value or the fun we have in taking I mean, you're time. listening. Yeah, if you've if you've got access to if you're listening to this at a time where you've got access to the finale. Why aren't probably, you watching the finale? Yeah, watch that. You've got incredible Turn restraint. Like you're a, you're a true completionist. Yeah. You really want to be all along the way for the journey with us. Uh, I imagine you're one of the people who raged at the fact that it seemed like we did not have a podcast for episode 305. We just baked that conversation into the 306 podcast. If yeah. You haven't you figured that out us, already. Yeah. Uh. No, it's there. Uh, but we maybe Josh, maybe that that episode we had for three hundred five. Are there some lost episodes of our podcast out there? Oh my God, probably. Yeah, there probably. might be. We might have to get them might from be. another timeline. But uh, possible. Yeah, it's 11, I feel, the eleven sixteen runtime on all of those podcasts. So we were we were. Let's talk about the eleven sixteen. Can we just talk about it? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's so much to talk about yeah. here, uh, and wherever you want to go, Antonio, I'll follow you to the gates of hell. Well, the the eleven sixteen. Hopefully, we don't have to go there, but like, I will. So, the speaking of the gates of hell, we we have sort of a literal version of that with Mister Robot opening the door and the fires outside the door. Before we get into the eleven sixteen, I just want to know from you, and do do you feel on any level that what we're seeing is created by Mister Robot? That we've seen Mister Robot do this in the past. Create worlds for Elliot. Was he the one? Since he's the one who was able to look oh, out the door. Oh man, yeah. Was he uh, the one who was who was creating this somehow in Elliot's mind to keep him away from the stress of whatever situation this is? I love that idea. I love that idea. I think that that's great. Uh, we've definitely seen him do that before. He's always been the friend that Elliot needs. Uh, he's always able to make things a little more palatable for for Elliot. Uh, could, can you imagine the scenario where Mister Robot knows? We're about to be uh, annihilated by nuclear hot fire. Uh, we shall be dead any moment now. Why don't I just give you a pleasant send-off where all of the things that you've th- ever thought you wanted are going to be yours, if only for a little while. Uh, but that's why Hooded Elliot's in this world, because he doesn't want to be coddled like that anymore. And so he's going to wake up and either wake up in time to save himself from his current dilemma or wake up in time to at least uh, be himself self in the face of the reality of his impending demise. Right. And there are hints of this throughout. We talked on the the reaction podcast we did about Mr. Robot saying to Elliot, like, why do you want to go to Washington Township? And I sort of asked you, do you think Mr. Robot is doing that because he's trying to keep Elliot away from learning some fact about his past? Or do you think he's really doing it because he's worried about what he says? Like, there's a nuclear plant there and bad things could happen. Uh, I'm only bringing this up because if you go all the way back, of course, to earlier in this season, the scenes in the boardroom, specifically from a few episodes ago, when Mr. Robot shows up in the boardroom and he says basically like, once we finish with our, pr- our project, then I will show him what he did. 
I will show him what he did. Uh, and that's the question where if Mr. Robot is doing the showing, right, then maybe this world is in some service of that. Then Mr. Robot is showing him some element of this. The other thing that makes me wonder it is, uh, I, it wasn't until I rewatched it a couple of times. And in fact, the last time I watched it was today before recording this, that I noticed Mr. Robot basically when White Rose's watch goes off and she deletes herself uh, and all the explosions are going on and Mr. Robot looks out the door and he says, we can leave now. There is an access tunnel at the end of the hall. And he said the word tunnel. And of course, tunnel comes up immediately in the game that Elliot plays. And Elliot's choice is whether to go down the tunnel, which is the first choice he makes that ends up with the solution that takes him to the other world, leaving his friend behind or not go to the tunnel and stay there with his friend. Um, and ultimately, that is the choice that he makes at the end. The second time he plays it, that stops the alarms from going off. He chooses not to go down the tunnel uh, and he chooses to stay there with his friend. And that is, in reality, not just on the exit game. Exactly what we see. Elliot does not leave the room and go down the tunnel as Mr. Robot is begging him to. He stays there with his friend, Mr. Robot, uh, and experiences whatever he experiences. So, look, there are versions of this where we're in an alternate world and there really is a hard sci-fi edge to this. And whatever it is about White Rose's machine, it puts us in this alternate world and that's that. And we can talk about a lot of these. And there are some very good theories about timelines and replaceable timelines and Elliot pulling the alternate Elliot back out and putting him in the world and this loop ending up back at the beginning, including maybe the three days after the hack. All of that's on the table. But it is also very possible, right, that what we're looking at is something that was created by Mr. Robot or perhaps by the other one who we've yet to meet. Uh, and that this is just Elliot in a room somewhere experiencing this, not in the White Rose Showdown or in the White Rose Showdown, but without uh, the the crazy nuclear panic of it all. Unless we have met the other one and we're meeting him in the last 15 or whatever, right. you know, minutes episode, uh, right. minutes of the episode. Right. Uh, and this this happy go lucky sunshine lollipops version of Elliot who's turning up the radio and turn up the light. Uh, that that is that is this other one, and I, I think that one of the things that we're going to get some clarity on, I, I expect, but I mean, who who the hell really knows? Uh, you would think that you would get some clarity on this by the end of the series. That uh, next episode, this this finale is going to is going to inform us as to whether or not we're actually in a parallel universe or we're just internally inside of Elliot's head. Uh, it strikes me that really those are the only two possibilities on the board right now. Um, right now. I am inclined to think we're in Elliot's head. Right now, I'm inclined to think that whatever world it is we are looking at, this is this is internal, and this is part of the internal reconciliation that needs to occur for the end of the show. I, I, that's where I'm inclined to believe it as well, because we talked about this in the, the Reaction podcast, but the key will be synthesizing whatever we're experiencing and connecting it to the other story that we've been dealing with, which is the other one, which is Darlene's role in waking him up, which is showing Elliot what he did. All of that, all of those elements of everything are the, the things that we have introduced throughout this season and that we have not really wrapped yet. And right. of course, Darlene not getting on the plane uh, and knowing, having it planted, knowing, for example, the tip that the Dark Army didn't care about them anymore because they were all headed somewhere else. She knows where Elliot was headed. We see Darlene in this episode. I think it's only natural to assume the fact that she isn't in that other world and the fact that she's possibly in our world and is likely the one who could come to Washington Township and somehow wake up the other one. 
that she will be able to connect all these things. I think that's much easier to do when you think about this alternate world being in Elliot's head and not actually some kind of alternate world, that this is some sort of things that you, th- that you think of before dying or that this is something Mr. Robot is showing Elliot, like this would be the world without everything that you've experienced. This is your perfect world. Like this is that version of it. Yeah, all these things can happen. And you've built that world within your own head uh, to, to be idyllic. But even in that idyllic world, you realize it's not right. Like you realize you don't belong there or you realize um, that you're not capable. There's, something's not right about this world. You're getting these headaches. The times don't add up. There's just mystery things happening. So I, I do I do wonder about that uh, and, and whether Darlene is the key to that and how she's showing up uh, can can help fix that. But now, of course, she's not the one who showed up in this alternate world. It's our Elliot who shows up in this world. So this is Elliot, again, uh, the conflict of the show being man versus self. Um, this is man versus self that we're setting up for. And Darlene doesn't play a role in this. Do you take Josh? And we had a lot of questions about this. Do you take Darlene's lack of being there? Like, what do you think the significance of that is in general? We, we, it's really important because Angela mentions it and then it is hammered home when we see Mr. Robot's phone and Darlene is not on there. It's like, right. just in case you missed it, Darlene's, Darlene's not, in this not world. here. Yeah, yeah, the official USA uh, Network recap uh, makes sure to stress. Yeah, Darlene's not here. Uh, Darlene doesn't exist in this world. Uh, so that's 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 t- it's intense. It's it's hard to know exactly what that means. We did have a lot of feedback about this. This one was from uh, the phenomenally named Zacaroni and Cheese. Uh, Zacaroni and Cheese wrote in and said, "What do you guys think the significance would be of learning that in this new sideways timeline, Darlene isn't there because she?" already passed away maybe in a plane crash previously in that elliot's timeline i struggle to see the meaning of that but with all of the hints of the absence of such an important player in out for our elliot i could see that potentially being where this is headed could that be where this is going do you guys see the potential for meaning or a message there um to to respond to zacaroni and cheese first of all uh phenomenal name i i really must reiterate uh and secondly um i don't know about a plane crash i think i think like if any Anything, the idea of Dom and Darlene building to a plane uh, and and having one of them take off was to to play with the expectations of the people who had really invested in some sort of plane crash theory that never really existed uh, and was just a manifestation of the the Reddit hive minds collective theorizing that SML is like oh this will be fun because uh, everyone's going to be freaked out that the plane's going to crash but it's not going to crash like I don't think that there's any plane crash thing that's going to happen again we say this in the whole entirety of the two hours next week will be the two Elliots on a plane and they'll be in free fall. Um, but could Darlene be dead in this world? No, to me, it just seems like she doesn't exist. And what, what the importance of that could be for me is what we hear what we hear from Mr. Robot in it's 409 I believe where it's like he woke up for her he woke up for Darlene whatever it is about Darlene she's able to get Elliot to get back to his fullest self uh, it seems like uh, so the fact that she's not here means to me that this seemingly idyllic world, it's just not reality. And that's the biggest issue. The biggest issue is like you're just trying to live in like your happy-go-lucky bubble here, uh, but it's not reality. This is not the place. You need to go back to a place that is reality. And we, we have to, we cannot then forget the implication of that scene, which is that the Elliot who is asleep, the one that they're all worried about losing, 
uh, is the prime Elliot. Like that's the Elliot that they're worried about, not Elliot that we've seen wandering around trying to take down E Corp. And as I said the other night, tilting at every windmill in sight uh, and constantly finding new people to fight or new causes to take on. That's not the Elliot that they're worried about waking up. That Elliot is exists. That Elliot is awake in, in many respects. The Elliot that they're worried about waking up is the one who talked to Darlene when Darlene said Fernando Vera is here and he, he blew it off. That's the Elliot I'm not sure that we've really seen. Uh, that's the Elliot that probably remembers uh, that Darlene was his sister. That's the Elliot that probably remembers that Mr. Robot was his dad. That is not the Elliot that we have primarily uh, or possibly really ever really seen throughout the course of this series. Uh, and the question, of course, becomes like, okay, so if that is the other one, if the if the dormant sleeping Elliot is the other one and Darlene has to wake her up, then I don't think that's CEO Elliot. CEO Elliot is, it seems like a folly. It seems like, it really does seem like an alternate universe. It doesn't seem like an alter. Uh, it seems like an alternate universe. And so if that's the case, then it, it could be like a combination of both. Like what we're seeing in this idyllic world is perhaps meant to stimulate waking the other Elliot up right? Uh, by, by letting him know he's asleep, by putting him in a situation where he realizes this something isn't right. Um, then that is how you ultimately wake him from his slumber. Uh, and maybe Darlene is the key to doing that ultimately. And you bring that together. Uh, whether or not there was some plan that was hatched that we, we don't know that we're going to find out or whether or not it, it comes by happenstance and Darlene just shows up in Washington Township. I think that remains to be seen. There was the interesting moment here in this episode where Darlene exchanges uh, like some words with Mr. Robot. And I guess that's just Darlene like looking over her shoulder as she's walking away to Elliot and saying that to Elliot. Like, you know, I liked you a lot better when you stopped being a dick. Uh, and it was directed at Mr. Robot as we saw it, but it was really her directing it at Elliot. Uh, or maybe there's something more. Maybe Darlene and Mr. Robot uh, know something that Elliot doesn't in terms of waking Elliot up. That's the part I'm just if Darlene's going to be back in the story and we have an Elliot who is asleep. I really wonder if this whole alternate universe thing isn't a creation of Mr. Robot uh, that is ultimately designed like to get Elliot to wake up. Let's let's talk about the possibility of this being an actual alternate reality, an actual manifestation of whatever White Rose's project is. Okay. This was this was from Bohemian Babes, uh, another another great uh, great name uh, who I do not believe we have heard from before. Uh, Bohemian Babes writes in and says the scene just before Elliot enters the dark room with the fish tank and the old computer, etc. It's very similar to when Edward is entering Elliot's mind. I believe Mister Robot entering Elliot's mind uh, back in four hundred nine conflict. Right. Uh, the long hallways, the camera angles. Uh, maybe that whole last part was simply Elliot within his own mind. Um, so is it possible, Antonio, because I don't think that this is something that I had really considered. We talked about how the final scene um, before the parallel universe stuff, or whatever that is, could be staged by White Rose, right? With, with right. the fires raging outside and everything. Is it possible that at some point when he gets caught, when Elliot gets caught by Burger Man, uh, and we're seeing Burger Man, Barbecue Man, and the Sandwich Man, whatever we want to call them, Sandwich Sam. Uh, when they're when they're all walking, uh, when they're all you know doing the walk down to the to the depths of the power plant, um, we kind of just buy that as reality. Is there some sort of hooking that could have uh, occurred between Elliot getting busted and uh, you know meeting White Rose? Like, could all of this aspect uh, already be taking place inside of the machine? Yes. Is that something that's on the table? Yeah, I mean, possibly. I wouldn't know. I, I mean. When you say inside the machine that has a little bit of a different 
context for me, but it, there, there is definitely the possibility that Elliot, when he meets Burger Guy, uh, there, that, that when, because there's the moment when he's walking through and seeing all of the dead bodies, B-O-D-O-I-S, uh, in the hallway and in all the offices, the clock behind him says 1116 on the wall. Now, at that point, as he turns that corner and we see that clock uh, and the song about White Widow is playing, uh, then I'm given to wonder, and I did wonder that as I was watching it uh, at least once or twice, uh, is this a moment where, because I look for that, right? Like I look for the moment where we might have diverged. Uh, and I, I don't know if that's it. Like, I don't know if, if that, that hallway, uh, in that scene as you're walking in, that's the one where I feel like if something happened, it is right after Burger Guy takes him. The hack has gone off, like, with the malware very easily. Like, everything is super easy how that happened. Uh, and Elliot is just then taken away. It just all feels so staged to me. It's so, like, the police presence outside when he's outside that office. It's so loud and so over the top. And yes, all these people are dead, but it, it does feel like just it feels like something that's staged. And it when we think about what White Rose is and who, who White Rose is and what White Rose does, uh, we have to consider the fact that that's the sort of thing that, that she might do, uh, that she is. She puts people in these positions uh, and plays with their mind. I'm thinking of her conversation with Dom uh, in season two, where she's really just pushing her buttons and taking her around the house as Minister Zhang uh, and saying, t- telling stories about her sister and clocks and all these things. Oh, and my parents had the same clock. Like you just never know with White Rose if this is a thing that's a setup or if it's on the level. It just it's never uh, ultimately very clear. And one of the things that I think is easy to lose track of here in all of this is that someone who knew White Rose very well, in fact, the person who probably knew White Rose better than anyone uh, that, that was really on the table that we interact with is Philip Price. And Philip Price gave Elliot the file and said, this is White Rose's machine, and right. I want you to destroy it. Philip Price was convinced it was a con. Angela, through her last scene with Philip Price, was convinced it was a con. Uh, Irving apparently was shown this, and Irving basically said, like, yeah, no, there's a lot, a lot of things out there scientifically. I think anything's possible. But Irving never really said that, like, I believe that the machine works. I think he was maybe saying the machine could work. So people who have seen it either believe it's a con or are not really confirming that it's definitely real. And so that's the thing where I'm, I'm given to wonder, like, how real really is this thing? We know the machine exists, but in terms of its abilities, I'm not even sure White Rose knows uh, when she says, this is what I showed Angela. It could be, this is what is cap- you know, what theoretically what possible, of. Yep. not yeah. actually possible. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Let's get into the 1116 stuff. Um, so it's 1116. It, that's a number that's been following us at least all season long. Um, have there been a lot of instances of 1116 throughout the show beyond just this season? Uh, we've seen it in Magda's, uh, her, her room, right? We saw that in season three, I believe, or is it season two that we saw it in? It's season two. That's when I first yeah. noticed. Like, I didn't notice it was 11, I, 1116 was not in my head when I saw that at the time. This season, I, when we saw the scene in Magda's apartment, uh, when Elliot was there with Darlene, I, I really went back just to watch the Magda scene because it was the only real scene with Elliot and the Magda that was alive in the, the, the timeline of this show that we have. Uh, of course, we have Magda in jail, but that's not the same thing. And we have Magda in flashbacks, but that's not the same thing. And when I went back and watched that scene, I noted the time that was on the clock. And Elliot even speaks to the fact that the clock is broken and they'll have to get someone to come in and fix it. So when I rewatched the scene this season... Uh, you can't help but notice that the clock is on the exact same time. 
Uh, and in that, in that moment, it's not exactly the same. Uh, if you'll recall, we spent a little bit of time in this podcast in that very episode. I think that's episode three, right? Or is it episode two? Um, I, yeah, I think two, maybe two where, where we deal with Magda's death and we're processing yeah. all of that. Um, we talked about how the clock is like 1116 in like 40 seconds and the other one is like 1116 in like 20 seconds. So there is a slight difference. It doesn't make any sense why there would be a difference. It's either a continuity error, unlikely, considering they went back and set it to 1116. You think they would have con- corrected the second hand, uh, or it, it's meant to really draw your attention to that and really get your your head wrapped around the significance of this time. And then since we have seen it a lot, we saw it on White Rose's watch, for example, in this season, in the flashback scene, uh, when she and her lover are kissing in the 19, in the early 1980s in their hotel room in Los, uh, Los Angeles, right before the time card, uh, when she has revealed who her true self is, and he says she's beautiful. We see the 1116 on the watch then. Um, we have seen it throughout, but it is like you are hit over the head with it here. Not just, as I said, in the alternate universe, but uh, or whatever it is, the alternate the alternate Elliot story, but also in the prime Elliot story. We see it in the, the, the power plane as he's walking to that room. So if that's the case, like if it's already on the clocks there, then this is either a white row screwing with you kind of thing. And certainly the pictures in the hallway with the blacked out faces, they speak to that. Uh, the book being there, the computer, the poster, QWERTY, they all speak to White Rose's desire to manipulate uh, and desire to do manipulation through the experiential things that you're having. Um, but the 1116 might be part of that. But why that shows up in, in Elliot's timeline, um, there's a lot more to that. What kind of feedback do we have? I know we've we had have a- some. Yeah, we've had a lot. I mean, I think that one of the popular theories that's been out there, just given like the time of, of year that the story is taking place in, that it's Christmas 2015, uh, it's a little bit after that at the point that we're at in the story before we hop over to this alternate 5915. At the very least, it seems like an alternate 5915 uh, that I think a lot of people have, have still signed on to this idea of January 1st, 2016 will be like when Elliot wakes up and it's a new year and it's a new time to start over uh, and all of the the terror of the past is gone uh, and you're going to get a fresh lease on life uh and and i still think that we could see something like that especially if like elliot is uh is going to like succumb to some injury or something like that and he wakes up and he has something of a wizard of oz type moment uh and darlene you weren't there you know know, there's something like that uh i think that the one one uh 16 could work there but then looking at the idea of 11 16 as those numbers uh we've been pointed in the direction of the mirror hour 11 16 have you heard of this the mirror hour no Uh, yeah this came from uh this came from bohemian babes as well Bohemian Babes shot this our way as well, uh, and it's got something to do with like guardian angels and and protectors and how how they're going to be catalysts for finding hope. Uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick collated some notes from uh, DreamAstroMeanings.com, uh, who are who are really hip to the eleven sixteen mirror hour thing. Uh, so this is Brendan's collation. Uh, the mirror hour eleven sixteen consists of the energy of the numbers one sixteen, eleven sixteen, nine, as well as the number twenty seven being 
being the sum of the digits of the hour and minutes, being a triple mirror number where the number one appears three times, the, the energy of the number one is amplified. Signs from our guardian angels start appearing in our lives during some important moments in our lives. They respect our free will and don't interfere with their influence unless they estimate that it is very important to do that. These are usually moments when we are in some kind of danger or we struggle to make a decision or solve a problem or we worry whether we have made the right choices and are following the right direction. Their influence is reflected in the message they're sending us through the signs that they are making us see frequently. Many people don't believe that the universe and our guardian angels have any role in our lives. Most people, most people don't believe in the existence of angels and they usually ignore their messages as something irrelevant and not worth their time and effort. With such attitude, they miss the opportunity to make improvements in their lives or solve some important issues. Yeah, you're in trouble, Antonio, but it is their choice and the angels respect it. Uh, It is not easy to believe in the existence of beings from other realms of reality, and it is not strange why some people refuse to acknowledge it. Still, many of them decide to change their mind when they encounter with the persistent attempts of their guardian angels to seize their attention. Our guardian angels can be very persistent when they want to grab our attention. They will keep showing you the same sign until you become aware of it and start wondering about its meaning. When they start sending us signs, they usually choose signs that are certain to catch our attention. Their sign can be a song we like or a sentence that means something to us or also a special name that has significance for our lives. Uh, That's the research. How about uh, the number itself? Could that be uh, a significant sign that is constantly recurring as it relates to the world of Mr. Robot? And Antonio, you are missing out because I do believe in angels. I've seen City of Angels. So I know that Nicolas Cage is out there waiting to give his wings away for the right person. Yeah, well, I saw Michael with John Travolta, and I've never I saw that too. Great movie. Yeah, great no, movie. Great movie. Great uh, movie. I just it's it, look. There are there are Quran verses. There are Bible verses. There are things that you can connect this to for sure if you want to. I think the important thing to keep in mind is that it is a number. Since we have seen it so many times, that it serves as a reminder to us that what we're seeing isn't completely on the nose. It clearly does that in the alternate universe, whatever it is. Like, there's no way his wake up calls at 1116. Uh, his call with his dad is at, his email from his dad is at 1116. Uh, all these things we see in the show are at 1116. They're not, and they're not all happening at the same time. So it is at least in that way a good note that not all is right. However, what is it beyond that? Uh, it, I don't know that we have read it. I, I'm just looking at it. looks like the only other time maybe it happened uh, before this season, other than the room with Magda, uh, is right after Elliot shoots Tyrell uh, and Angela is talking to Tyrell on the phone at the end of season two, uh, where, where Tyrell shoots Elliot, sorry, uh, at the end of season two. And in Angela's side, when she says, Tyrell, like, I need to be there, whatever, it's Angela. There's a news report, and this is right when the blackouts are about to happen at the beginning right. of season three, end of season two, uh, where we see 1116 as the time. So that is the only other time it's referenced. Um, but the White Rose thing, I think, is pretty significant. When she um, is talking to her lover there, like I said, and we zoom in on her lover's wrist and we see 1116 on the watch. Uh, and then we come back out of that to the future, uh, to the future white rose as Zhang wearing the same watch. 
Um, it's the eleven sixteen there. So this is a uh, it's a white it's the white rose hour for sure, if nothing else. And the thing is, I don't know if that means that what we've seen with Elliot throughout is wrong because we see it in Magda's room. If there are certain times where Elliot disappears and this is the time that's around uh, because it's not really happening in his world, I don't know how the Angela and Tyrell part would come in. I think it's just a little bit of bait and I don't think it's going to tie into anything more significant other than, like I said, really being used here as a way to show us that this world is not right. Something's up with this world and it's not just another universe where time never passes. All right. How about the Alderson loop? Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Uh, I had seen it on Reddit, uh, and it it is something where I am not convinced that it is a significant thing, and I think there seems to be certainly a lot of debate on Reddit to that effect. Reddit like, chatter. Reddit, Reddit chatter Reddit is, chatter. is, is lit right now. And so is our inbox with a couple of people kicking this our way, including Adam Conley, uh, who, who sent us a screenshot from Reddit, uh, with all credit to user HB Dank. Uh, and this is from two years ago that this was posted on the Mr. Robot subreddit about what an Alderson loop is. It's a special version of an infinite loop where there is an exit condition available but inaccessible in the current implementation of the code. Um, this is something that people are really latching onto, especially now that we're seeing two Elliots. Uh, not that we haven't been seeing two Elliots for basically the entirety of Mr. Robot, but we're seeing two Rami Maliks, right? Like we're seeing like two flesh and blood uh, Elliot Aldersons. Um, is this something that we are building towards, especially knowing... And this is the thing for me, is knowing that the final two hours of the series are the ending that that Sam Esmail has had in mind, especially when this was a feature film version. Like, this is still roughly where we are going. So, like, he was always building to some sort of Back to the Future type of deal, uh, whether it is, like, literally a Back to the Future type of deal or it's his, his take on something like that. Uh, like, can you imagine that the elevator pitch once... This is going to be a very fun exercise, by the way, when we get the full ending of Mr. Robot to try to figure out what the original ele- elevator pitch for Mr. Robot was going to be. Is it... Uh, uh, is is it Fight Club meets Back to the Future uh, meets Hackers? You know, is that is it is it what's the shorthand for this? Um, but with Elliot's last name being Alderson from the jump, uh, and this being the direction that we're going in the end, is this something that is on Esmail's mind uh, in crafting the character, creating the character, naming the character? This idea of an Alderson loop, this infinite loop where you can there is an exit condition available, but because of the way that the code is being implemented, there's just no way of accessing it. It's possible. It's also possible, and I'm not sure I believe this, but it's possible that this term, from what I can read, gather from the Reddit comments, there are specific citations to this thing uh, that maybe are not entirely, it's, it's not without the realm of possibility uh, that if you're talking about a feature film project that Mr. that, that Sam Esmail was developing over the years, um, that it's not something that, that it actually is sourced to Sam Esmail. Like that's the part where I'm not a hundred percent sure about this. And as soon as I start trying to light a candle against the darkness on some of these theories, I get further down the tunnel, uh, and I'm 
starting to get so weary, I'm not going to be able to make my way out uh, to the pirate ship and go into a new world. So I will just say, it sounds like it's a thing that does exist. It does sound like it, even in that context, it sounds like it is an obscure term. Uh, it's not that's to, not to say that it's not an obscure term that Sam Esmail wouldn't have known or wouldn't have based Elliot's name on. Uh, there is a lot of fun stuff you can do with this. There's a great, uh, one of the most popular Reddit posts of the last week, over 3,000 upvotes uh, from Lord Patacon, user Lord Patacon on the Mr. Robot subreddit, uh, is called Endgame Theory, and it's very much about this. In the first dream sequence back in season one, uh, Lord Patacon. Ah, writes, your favorite. Elliot is proposing and wearing marriage clothes with Angela. Now in season four, we just found out that in alternate reality, Elliot is, in fact, marrying Angela. Also, Elliot is an only son. Uh, Darlene doesn't exist, and his dad is actually a pretty cool guy that is his friend. At the end of the episode, we see our original Elliot inside this new alternate reality. Our original Elliot comes to this alt really around the same time the first season takes place. That's the theory. My theory is that our original Elliot gets to decide if he wants to stay in this alternate reality, and to do so, he will have to replace the alternate Elliot. Somehow, he managed to send that Elliot back to the original reality, back to the beginning of the show. This alternate Elliot is the person we actually see through the show, and since alternate Elliot doesn't have a sister, of course, he quote, forgot who Darlene was. And of course, he thought his dad was his best friend because those were actually memories from another dimension. This is the Alderson loop. Elliot replacing Elliot, replacing Elliot, replacing Elliot. This might be the sixth iteration since this time around it's called F Corp. So maybe there was an A Corp, B Corp, and so on. Also, I might be wrong, but these are alter- are these alternate reality scenes seem to be taking place on May 9th, meaning 5-9. This means we might finally find out where Elliot was during the three days after the hack. So if you want to buy in, Josh, to the fact that we might be dealing with a loop, this is the kind of theory that is appealing, right? Because you might say, okay, let's assume there are these infinite parallel universes like White Rose has theorized. And let's uh, let's throw out that she's just doing this to, quote, show Elliot what she showed Angela. Let's throw out the wake up uh, part of Mr. Robot. Uh, Let's throw out all that other stuff and let's just... Grant, th- greet this theory or greet this alternate, the Alderson loop on this level about replacing Elliot. Let's take the rest of that stuff away. It's pretty appealing, right? You can imagine where alternate Elliot ends up in our world. And that's the kind of guy that blows up a server room in anger, right? That's the kind of guy whose head is so screwed up uh, that he doesn't know who he is or who forgets things. Um, that's the kind of guy that could really be driven crazy by a lot of what has happened, forgetting his own backstory, original or eventually uh, learning, you know, these memories that, that the other Elliot experienced or coming to grips with them as part of his own life. Hard sci-fi turn. Hard sci-fi turn. And it is, uh, it's a little difficult to accomplish maybe in the two episodes that we're going to get. I'm not saying it can't be done. Yeah, uh, but at that point that is where you start saying like man we really didn't have time to spend at logan airport exactly (laughs) (laughs) we really did not we really did not have the luxury of that episode i will still defend uh the ending we got for those characters and the way we got there but i agree with you completely uh if we're going to do something like this uh we have to get there uh i i bring it up because I think we're both on the same page. This is more in Elliot's head kind of thing. It's either that the, the sleeping Elliot is creating this or in my, my belief is that Mr. Robot is engineering this to help wake Elliot up, that this is part of it. Uh, and that's why Mr. Robot, even though Elliot has said, like, I want to do this on my own, he just magically shows up there when the, when the shit starts to go down. 
uh, when Elliot says out loud, like, I don't know how to open this. Mr. Robot is there to help. He's an opportunist. He will use this opportunity to do what he had just told everybody in that other room that he was going to do, which is to show Elliot what he did and help him wake up. Uh, maybe what he did was this. Maybe he went to the other universe and screwed up the alternate Elliot's world. Like, maybe this is all part of it. Uh, That's he, the hallway, right? On yeah. one end of the hallway is this alternate universe, right. and the other end is the one that we've known. The one that we've known, and he'll walk out of a door and end up in that conference room at some point. Uh, that That's all possible, but it, we, have these, we have these mysteries out there, and so it is appealing, this theory or theories like this, which can take us to the three days after the hack, for example. I still think that's probably now when we learn what the other Elliot is who's asleep uh, and when Darlene woke him up or whatever this is, we, we, we have to point out that Elliot was asleep and he woke up three days after the hack. He woke up in Tyrell's car not knowing how he got there, not knowing what he had done. Uh, it seems way more likely that the, the prime Elliot was the one uh, who was awake then. And so I do think we're going to find these things out in some way or we'll be able to suppose them or, or guess at them based on what we find out. What I don't necessarily believe it'll be a lot harder to do is close these loops. But I think it speaks to the power of the show that this is a persuasive theory that it fits uh, because the show and especially White Rose's machine has always been about possibility. It hasn't been about reality, right? It hasn't been about alternate reality. It's about the possibility of other worlds, the possibility. Uh, it, it very much moves White Rose, uh, the possibility of life, greatest mystery of people in alternate worlds, living alternate lives. And the machine seems to trend on or trade on theoretical physics. White Rose, even in this interaction, discusses with Elliot, uh, oh, I wanted to move it to the Congo because we could only do very limited testing here. So I don't even know what this thing's capable of. I just want to show you what I think it's capable of. So that all speaks to this alternate reality being just a possibility, not a fact. Uh, and so the fact is right now we're in that, like I said last time, Schrodinger's uh, like robot, right? Where it could be an alternate universe. It might not be until we watch this finale. We're not going to know. But I love the way this show has treaded along these lines. It has been the central debate, Josh, of what we've talked about on this podcast since really the end of season two. Is it going to go hard sci-fi? Are we going to go in this direction? Are we going to do that? And even in this season of the podcast where we were talking about, uh, well, we think by the end of this year, we're going to get some kind of It's a Wonderful Life, or we're going to get some kind of Christmas Carol parody. We've seen these special episodes of Mr. Robot where what we are seeing is not reality. We're going to get that before the end of this. Even in that world, I don't think we thought like, oh, are we going to definitely go hard sci-fi? Right. Four, ep four episodes ago, or three episodes ago, we said, look, I'm four episodes ago. I'm ready for whatever, wherever the show takes us. I don't even care at this point. Uh, so I think that's where we still are, but I love that the show still lives in that dimension where it could be either way. Well, we, we've gotten feedback about, about what you're talking about and this like sensation that you and I walked into our most recent podcast with. And I haven't bent away from this, uh, from this feeling of, uh, when, when you hear me saying, what is happening? Like, obviously, like, I am both bewildered and delighted by what is happening. At least I hope it's obvious. Like, it's just, it's crazy to me. I have no idea where we are. I have no idea what we're looking at. And I am having such a 
good time with that disbelief and the the, the feelings of, of pure befuddlement. Uh, and there are other people who wrote into us with uh, with similar reactions, like Michael Citro, who had written in and said, "What the hell just happened? That is also my prediction for the finale." Uh, the great Brendan Fitzpatrick said that I left the episode with an incredible feeling of ease and relaxation that I hadn't felt watching this show in a long time. Not entirely sure why, but it gave me the feeling like everything's going to be okay no matter what happens next. Uh, It at once felt very lost season six sideways universe, which I adore any attempt to play in that feeling in space. Uh, In the words of Juliet Burke, it worked at least for me. That's from Fitz. Uh, Speaking of losses from Carver from the UK who had written into us uh, with with a really wonderful email about uh, what Mr. Robot has meant to Carver. Uh, And Carver had written in and said uh, that they that they loved Lost until Lost started leaning into the hard sci-fi and had kind of like a, a flip side reaction to Mr. Robot, Carver writes, after the theories of what White Rose's machine could be, I really wanted to find out and have Mr. Robot go full on sci-fi. However, as this season is proving, I love this show because of the story, and I was okay if we never got to this stage. Um and I find myself in a very similar place as as Carver. Uh, I find myself screaming, what the hell is going on here? And I just find myself with this huge smile on my face uh, as like, I'm kind of having like a much gentler version of uh, White Rose's uh, final scene where she's like, don't make me laugh. Uh, where it's kind of like, do make me laugh. This is delightful. Uh, I don't know if we're inside Elliot's head or if we're in a science fiction universe right now. I don't know if we're even even gonna know for sure when this whole show is done i think that the debate is very likely to still rage on and you know what as long as it's presented as delightfully as it's been presented so far i'm probably gonna be all right with it well i want to point you to your own words and discussion with michael christopher where he said uh i said to sam after we all read through and finally heard the finale uh, I think he's managed to do the journey of the hero and not the Joseph Campbell one, but literally Homer. It's Ulysses in the Odyssey. It's the man separated from himself who has to journey to find his way back to himself. I think we've done that with these four years. I think you'll know when you see these last few episodes whether I'm right or not. There are so many parallels to the Odyssey, but it's all inadvertent. Sam had no idea what I was talking about, but you imitate it inadvertently because it's so accurate in so many ways. A classic is something you keep going back to. Although the ending is satisfying, you never quite know how you got there. So you go back and you read it again. You go back to the movie and you watch it again. You ask, how did I get there? How did I get to that place? And of course, that's the journey. I hope, I hope, I hope it all goes well for the next three episodes, because on paper, I think it worked. It's a very, very complex and interesting ending to this story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that I thought was such a great quote that you got from Michael Christopher. Uh, I love him. Discussion. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I really I still really hope we just get a, a super drunk, angry Uncle Phil uh, here. It has uh, to be and, right. Uh, not, and not James Avery, R.I.P. <laughs> uh, but to, to get like a really like Philip Price being like, it's all a fake. None of it's real. Yeah, do, do, do you want to talk about the possibility that what happened? Uh, let, let's talk about the possibility. So Elliot, as we know, in whatever the sideways world is, the R. Elliot ends up in his apartment at his computer, but it's the other Elliot's apartment, the other Elliot's computer. It's a Mac. It's not a PC running Linux. It's something very different than what Elliot typically uses, and certainly a very big hint that these are different times. Uh, 
Where do you think he was, for example, the customer who showed up at Mr. Robot, uh, where the cell phone ended up at the ground? Is it possible that he had something to do with that broken glass in Angela's apartment? A lot of people are speculating about this. Ooh, that it's that it's uh, Price. Or that it's or that it's Hooded Elliot who has who's responsible for the broken yes, glass. Yes, Hooded Elliot shows up there looking for Angela, yeah. maybe, uh, or looking for Darlene and surprises yeah, sure. and we Angela's can, you know, parents. You know, we can <laughs> Price we can hits get, him in the head with a glass, maybe. Uh that that'd be amazing. I mean, I think that we could we could get into, you know, the first few minutes of the finale being now that we've experienced this alternate world without context, without explanation, just for ourselves. Now that we're we're in the end game, as they say, uh, for this final two hour episode, uh, you could imagine um, starting from our Elliot's perspective, and and maybe because he is so scared, so alone, so confused, finally talking to us again and being like, "Can you help me figure this out? Because I'm having trouble on my own." And you could see him going through some of these different places, like going to Mister Robot, uh, going to Angela apartment um but i don't know why he wouldn't have started at uh his own uh why he would be there at night um but that's all stuff that could be handled in in plot yeah i think that like a a, a fairly quick scene like that uh could be could actually be very helpful uh in sort of like reorienting ourselves as we get into the final episode and do you think we'll we'll see some other people that we didn't see i mean it seems very clear that we didn't see darlene for a reason but what about Vera? What about Krista? What about some of these other characters yeah. from this world? Well, all possible. And I mean, just like to, to stick it with, uh, with, with, so we, we talked about price as a possibility. We saw Tyrell in this episode. We had a bunch of people asking us about Tyrell, including, uh, again, the incredibly named Joseph Reddit. Uh, I just love, I just love, uh, Reddit going, uh, first, first name Joseph. Yeah, becoming uh, and, personified as a I know. Yes. Who, who wrote into us and said bonsoir, uh, to, to write in about, about Tyrell and being very happy that we got some Swedish scum effery in this, uh, in this episode. Uh, and Joseph Reddit. And both Ralphie G and Joseph Reddit were both writing in to basically be like, what's going on with Tyrell? Is is Tyrell still alive? Is the way that he's acting in this episode uh, some sort of proof that he is still alive and he knows that something is amiss? Uh, Ralphie G had said, I'm putting my tinfoil hat on for this one, but do you think it's possible that there's something going on with Tyrell in the parallel universe? Could it be the blue light we saw before he died that brought him to the perfect universe and now he's aware that something's wrong? Um, and so that's sort of the sentiment behind this. But what I would be interested in is if this is an internal thing and this is Elliot and maybe Elliot is seeing people from his life as he sees them at their best as he sees them as who they are so there's not a lot of change for Angela she's still just like absolutely idealized and wonderful her the way parents he always are saw alive. her that's a her big change right. Right, right, right. That's a huge change. Right. Uh, that the thing that she wanted, he sees that for her. Uh, for Tyrell, he knows from Tyrell's final moments that Tyrell just wished he never had to care, that he didn't have to put on uh, a show for people, that he could just like do his work, he could just go about his life, he could just be like Elliot. Uh, and so here he is. He's just like Elliot. Uh, could it could it be less about? Tyrell himself like having some agency in this world and trying to wake Elliot up and more the like the discrepancy between the Tyrell that Elliot is seeing here versus the Tyrell that he's known for the past several seasons of this show being something of a signal that's like something is amiss something's not right you need to be waking up to this and could it be somebody who there isn't like a necessarily good side to see uh, like a Philip Price so that Philip Price in this world could still be 
like the bloody handed drinker who could shake Elliot and be like, get out of here. I told you to destroy the thing, not live in the thing. Right. Uh, like, is there is there is there somebody who can really have that kind of a moment that if, if they don't have a side of positivity that even Elliot could see in them, um, maybe who could who could shake some sense into him? I don't know. I think we'll definitely see Philip Price. Uh, I think that we are likely to see Krista in some form. We're certainly going to see Darlene in some capacity, I think. Um, I don't know about Vera. I feel like Vera's use, uh, I I feel like we got all the Vera that we need to get. We did. Uh, Shayla is another one where you wonder. uh, Yep, that'd be fun. Yeah. uh, And and that's a possibility. Uh, A flipper, I guess, is a possibility uh, if you want to do something like that. I don't know uh, what could be there. I mean, I. We could get a moment fancer. A lot of that stuff feels like we start to turn into fan service, right? Where we get to see all these beloved characters we've known from along the way, living in a different way. Uh, and we, we don't see Gideon here, of course. Elliot is the CEO. Uh, and so maybe that means Gideon was never the CEO of the company. Uh, and I don't know what that means for Gideon. I don't know if that means that he's got a space in this story and it might not. You know, there may be these things where we don't, if we, if we're not trying to lean into the fan service elements of it, then we're not going to see some of these people. And that's totally fine with me. Uh, I just am reminded of Philip Price almost being convinced by White Rose when White Rose was saying to Elliot on the phone, don't you want to see Angela again? I can get you there. All of your friends like that pitch that White Rose is making to Elliot uh, in the episode where uh, the Deus group is doxxed and the the hack is firmly executed where it happened, where everything goes down. That pitch White Rose makes to Elliot is worth revisiting if you're concerned about what's happening now, because in that pitch, White Rose is selling everything that happens here. And Philip Price his no, someone who knows White Rose well says, you know, I almost believed you. Uh, you're a brainwasher and you always have been like, I almost believed you, even though I saw your people carry Angela's body away from me, even though I know she's dead. I almost believed you uh, that that's not true. Uh, and Philip Price gives Elliot a drive about the machine. So I think he knows what's up. And I think that's where we have to plant our flag, not just on like we're, we we hacked into parallel universes and now we're on an alternate. Now we're in an infinite loop and we have to break the loop. I like the idea of an Alderson loop. I like it more as pertains to Elliot's own problems, forgetting uh, his, right. his past, Elliot's own inability to confront his problems. Uh, now he's finally going to be presented with an exit and he will choose that exit. He will choose to wake up. He will choose to come to grips with everything that's happened. And that will be true growth. That will be him returning home uh, like Odysseus in the Odyssey uh, or in Ulysses uh, with everything that Philip Price is hitting there. That will be him doing that. Uh, I forget what the, I know there's a term for it. I studied Latin for four years and we had to read all these classics and as part of that, just even if they weren't already in Latin, like the Aeneid. Uh, but I, I don't remember what the term for it was, but uh, the homecoming there as part of the Odyssey is so significant. Uh, and I, I think Elliot is in, in, on, in his own way on, in pursuit of his homecoming, uh, like Philip, like Michael Christopher hinted at in his discussion with you. I yeah. think that's the thing we're really seeing is Elliot coming to grips with what the world could have been like if all if if whatever he did and just briefly to talk about that. Do you think we will still learn that Elliot was somehow responsible for the original leak or somehow responsible for his father's death or something to that effect? I don't think so with the amount of time that we have uh necessarily though it, it, it's it's possible but that would feel like a real like uh a real late twist at at this point. Um 
it, it's po- I, I feel like if we were going to find out about Elliot fighting back in that way, we wouldn't have found out about the key. Like, I feel like the key was is at this point now that we only have two hours left is what I yeah. mean. Uh, like that, that to me feels like it, it's it's it serves a similar function. It's obviously not as extreme as I gave you radiation poisoning and cancer. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's a little more extreme than, uh, you know, I stole your key. Uh, but I think like the, the function is is relatively similar. Yeah. Um, so. The malware that Elliot used to infect the machine this time around, Mr. Robot thought it would be very difficult to build, and Elliot said it was very easy. I just used what we did with E-Corp. Is that a throwaway line, or is this malware that he may have used to hack the machine? He's had this forever. Yeah, Yeah, it's possible. Possible. Yeah, I mean, because Mr. Robot says, like, we're going to show him what he did. Uh, And that implies that there was some action that Elliot took at some point that Mr. Robot knows about that Elliot needs to come to terms with before he's able to progress in his life. Uh, And whether that is involving this original Washington Township plan or not, it's certainly on my radar. Elliot blows up to Mr. Robot this episode and says, what, something to the effect of, don't you get it? That's where this all started. Yeah. Uh, And so I I don't know if that's the, the implication, I guess, is that the leak from that plant led to Elliot's whole life, and that put him on the path where he was a hacker and that he wanted to confront uh, the people that were in charge and that he wanted to confront White Rose when he realizes White Rose's role in all that. If that's what he's talking about, or if there's some other element, this being Elliot's journey beyond that, uh, and that there is some element to that. And I just keep coming back to the Mr. Robot that we've known all along, uh, and as we've seen him articulate his role is as a protector, his role is to try to protect Elliot. Uh, but we have also seen him in that conference room with Magda and young Elliot saying like, okay, as soon as the hack is over, like we're going to make progress on this. We don't want to lose him. I'm going to show him what he did. And then what we get immediately after that in this episode, after the hack is over with Mr. Robot and Elliot, the first time we see Mr. Robot is him telling Elliot, don't go to Washington Township. And then he's gone, and then he happens to show back up right when Elliot needs him, uh, when the the explosion is about to start. I just think you're, you're there, Mr. Robot has a little more agency here. I, I do believe that that something is is up with his role in this, and I think he may be, uh, you know, th- this it, it speaks more to the likelihood to me that this is in Elliot's head, that it's being orchestrated to show him something to wake him up and to get the prime Elliot to be part of this. It it, it could end up in this alternate world. With Elliot walking down that hallway, as you've hinted at, uh, and I think uh, that's a scene I think people have been expecting. Elliot walking down that hallway to that conference room and ending up in that conference room and learning something or having learned something. Um, I think that definitely seems to be where we're headed for this, for sure. Uh- uh, to read a long comment, this comes from the great Amanda Rabinowitz, uh, who who comes to this uh, from the perspective of a, of a therapist, of, of somebody who who studies psychology, who works in this field. Uh, had, had I thought oh, a lot of uh, really great insight into the Elliot Alderson character, potentially uh, some some predictive uh, insight into where we may be going with the finale that I, I think fits in what we're talking about right now uh, and, and is worth talking about here. Uh, this is Amanda's comment. Um, from the very beginning, I've understood Mr. Robot as Elliot's mechanism for coping with the memories, thoughts, feelings, desires, fears, and etc. that he was unable to incorporate into his concept of himself. When we saw the shift in Mr. Robot between this season and the last one, wherein Mr. Robot goes from representing Elliot's most destructive impulses to representing his most vulnerable and affiliative impulses, this mark 
marks a shift in what Elliot is able to accommodate. After Angela dies, the part of Elliot that was capable of love and connection becomes more painful to him than the part of Elliot that was seeking anarchy and destruction. Now that Mr. Robot has admitted to us that this was always his function, protecting Elliot from the most painful parts of himself, I think we have to understand that everything we know about Elliot's past from his point of view has been curated specifically to protect Elliot. This casts quite a bit of uncertainty with regards to Magda's role in Elliot's childhood. I think there's enough evidence from other sources, e.g. Darlene, to corroborate Magda's abuse, and it certainly fits a prevalent pattern of abusive homes, so I don't doubt it. However, it's unlikely that we have a complete picture of Elliot's childhood, and I think the cassette tape, if it should reemerge, could be very illuminating in this regard. It's my last chance to comment on Mr. Robot during its run. I'm not really one for getting into the weeds with every plot clue and diving into prediction threads on Reddit. What resonates with me are the psychological and emotional themes of the show. Reading the show on that level, I have a prediction about where Elliot needs to end up. To this point, I believe all of the sci-fi appearing content on Mr. Robot has been ultimately explained by Elliot's intra-psychic experience presenting an alternate reality, e.g. Mr. Robot, and hence not supernatural at all. My understanding of all of this alternate reality content, Elliot's altars, his mom's house in season two, is that these fantasies serve the function of holding onto and keeping distance from truths that Elliot is not yet able to accept. As Elliot slowly confronts these truths, he can integrate them into his front-facing personality and find a pathway forward. In season one, Mr. Robot was holding onto Elliot's destructive impulses, his rage and his disillusionment with society. In this season, Elliot was able to accept his anger and cruelty, but was threatened by vulnerability and connection with other people. After he confronts the truth about his father's heinous betrayal of trust, Elliot starts to process the deep feelings of guilt and shame that he's been harboring. This allows him to ultimately realize those feelings are displaced, when little Elliot shows him that he did try to fight back against his father. This painful process is what brings him to the touching moment with Darlene at the beginning of this episode, where he allows himself to accept that she loves him and has put up with him through everything. This brings us to the alternate reality that has been created by White Rose's machine. If this is, again, a creation of Elliot's mind and not an actual machine that transports him into an alternate dimension, I think we have to wonder what is the quote-unquote final boss from a psychological standpoint that Elliot needs to confront. It's very clear to me that this last challenge is love and acceptance of himself. Elliot says as much in his sit-down with White Rose. I predict that the other one is some idealized extreme version of part of Elliot, maybe who he believes he should be, or who he's afraid of becoming. The alternate reality hair gel Elliot is a projection of what Elliot might have been if the tragedies of his life had never occurred. But here's another thought. The Elliot that we've known through the course of the show could also be an extreme idealized Elliot, an Elliot that's been propelled by the tragedies of his life to become a central character in events that disrupt the entire fabric of modern society. I think we can probably agree that this Elliot is more implausible than the hair gel Elliot that we were introduced to in the penultimate episode. So Elliot needs to learn to love himself. But which self is the real Elliot? Perhaps there's a true Elliot who's somewhere between the reclusive cyber terrorist and the tech CEO. Maybe there's an Elliot who has lived a tragic life and managed it in a more mundane way than we've been led to believe. I don't know if that's where the show is going, but on an emotional level, I think that Elliot's task is to love and accept himself. If there's an Elliot that will go on to exist beyond the ending of Mr. Robot, it would have to be something that exists somewhere in between the two men that meet each other in the final scene of exit. That is from Dr. Amanda Rabinowitz, and I am going to take a sip of seltzer. My concern, and I love that, and that's all really brilliantly articulated, 
my concern, and I don't know that we will do this, but I think a lot of people are concerned about how we stick this landing. And if we go into, uh, as many shows have done on the finale, or as some shows have done, if you want to talk about the new hard ending or the same elsewhere ending, or some of the famous finales of TV shows that really changed the lens of the show completely. I don't think that we're there yet with this show uh, or this episode or introducing this alternate world on this level for the reasons uh, that uh, Amanda Rabinowitz articulates here, right? Uh, that we are in a world right now, at least, that is not unlike things that we have previously experienced in Elliot's reality that we know that he creates in order to, uh, as Amanda put it much better than I will here, uh, just confront things about his world that once he confronts them, he is able to put them into his front-facing personality uh, and make some progress. My concern with this would be that if you are in that kind of loop, right, where that's your behavior, you're able to alter reality around you, and that as you're able to process these things around you, um, that you're able to take that into your front-facing personality and continue to progress or continue to live your life. So let's say that that we know that that's the that's that's the rules of the show. That's as Amanda has articulated. That's what we've been dealing with throughout, right? So if you want to place that in the context of this finale, but also in the context of having a dormant other one that we're worried about being asleep and not talking to, and that we're worried about all these things happening with. I worry that what you if if you talk about a world where Elliot does pr- processes things this way and Amanda's theory here that the perhaps the Elliot that we've seen is living in some kind of world where he's at the center of these global disputes and he's put himself uh by his own like manipulating of reality into these situations. Uh, I worry that we could pull the lens too far back and not that we necessarily end here, but you end somewhere like Elliot in a padded room. And this has all been in his head the whole time or Elliot uh, somewhere uh, that you've got the more mundane Elliot uh, as Amanda talks about there um, in a position where, where that has happened. That that's my, that's my concern is that if you, if you let some of this stuff in and I think we should, I worry that you end up in a place where we could pull the lens too far back here. And I think that the concern we would have, um, as Dr. Amanda talks about there, uh, is that we've got some more mundane Elliot out there. Uh, and if that's the case, what does this more mundane Elliot look like? Is he in treatment somewhere? Is he strapped to a bed somewhere? Um, do people come and visit him occasionally? Why would Magda be worried about losing him if not for the fact that it's entirely possible that his entire psyche is on the line here? And if that's the case, uh, what is this more mundane Elliot who is asleep uh, and right. what is his world like? And as we, as we learn what that is, um, that's my concern as we pull too far back there and we end up in saying elsewhere. Yeah. Well, I think that the, the big thing for me, and it, it's maybe no surprise that Darlene is a bit of a key for me, uh, given that she seems to be a key for Elliot. And, and what I mean by that is we can't have had the episode with Darlene and Dom if all of that is illusory, you know, because Elliot's not there for most of that. Right. Uh, and we've had other episodes that have been similar to that. Uh, not many. Most episodes of Mr. Robot feature Elliot front and center. Uh, there are certainly scenes within episodes that do not feature Elliot it's front and center, but most episodes do. 2-7 uh, has no Elliot, right? The, the where Madame Execution is murdered. Not a drop. Not a drop of Elliot. It is an F Society episode. It is uh, one of the final Mobley Trenton uh, jam sessions oh, that we get. We've got to see them, by the way. 
uh, Travis had written in and said, I wa- I've wanted Trenton and Moby's names to be cleared of the 71 buildings attack, but it seems like maybe that's a long way off uh, as far as Finale <laughs> hopes. Uh, Travis, we're with you. Certainly, we're hoping for justice for our boy. Um, but I, I think that if there, if if the Elliot that we have come to, to know throughout Mr. Robot is markedly different in reality than this character that we've come to know, then that has to fit comfortably alongside the Darlene that we know. And the Darlene that we have seen independent of Elliot still killed somebody, you know, still was involved in F society and leading this revolution. Um, so there's, there's almost no version of this that makes any kind of sense to me other than if like we, the friend, we, the observer are part of Elliot and we've been led to see something incorrect. Right. And that becomes woven into the fabric of the story. There's no way where Elliot can be so radically different in experience from the Elliot that we've seen through this show as it relates to Darlene and those two characters feeling very linked to me in terms of their experiences without it feeling like bullshit. Uh, and I don't think that that's where we're going to go. Like, I, I think it would just be, it would be very hard to reconcile those two things. Um, so I think for me, Darlene is a touchstone. Uh, Darlene is, is, is a little bit of, um, uh, you know, the Tower of Babel as it comes to, to making sense of the realities of, of Elliot. That wherever Elliot really exists has to exist in that same world that we've been seeing Darlene in throughout this whole show. I hope you're right. Um, the or or I'm going to be pretty upset well, <laughs> and, and, unless and, unless it's articulated in a really brilliant yeah. way. I'm not at all worried that they, they that it, it won't ultimately be something we have a lot to say about. Um, Javi San had tweeted at us and basically said, like, uh, Sam Esmail already has some, uh, a story, uh, with parallel universes and that's his movie Comet. Uh, I don't want to spoil Comet. Uh, I watched it a, a long time ago at some point when we were doing this podcast. Uh, I made it a point to go see, to, to check it out. And I, I don't want to spoil it, but I, I definitely understand what's going on there. The reason I bring it up here and I bring up the tweet that was sent in, uh, is, Josh, you are always one to go back to, well, this was originally a movie. And uh, if you want to talk about an ending that doesn't, it isn't beholden to everything that we've just, that you just talked about, all the scenes that we saw that weren't from Elliot's perspective, the episodes, the moments, the characters, everything that wasn't from Elliot's perspective. Uh, and you want to, you want to try to square that away with, okay, so that was, that was what was added on when it wasn't originally a movie. Can't you see a world where the original movie had some kind of twist ending uh, and that we're going to stick with a very similar ending from the movie that maybe doesn't always uh, as comfortably comport with uh, what we experience throughout the show and that we'll have a lot more to talk about because we're dealing with a movie ending from a two hour story that became a much more many hour story uh, through adding these things. Right, right. So, so to me, if it were me and it is not me, uh, but if it were me and I was if I was adapting a feature film to a television series, an original feature film to an original television series, then one of the benefits, uh, especially if the goal was to was to land this ship very close to where it was originally meant to land, which would mean that the thematics are really intact, at least. Uh, maybe some of the imagery is is uh, deeply intact as well. Uh, you, you know where you're heading. You know where you're going. So you, are, you have a true north the entire time that you're plotting out this show. So the advantage that that gives you 
is that you can you can you can go off course uh, to a to a certain extent in a way that's exciting and adventurous and is bringing new personalities and faces and names and feelings and and hearts into this universe that you never expected to have because they're in service of where you're going. They're in service of these ideas that you're charting out and exploring, um, not because they're distractions from it. If you're doing it right, I believe. Um, which means I don't think that you can get too far off course. I think you can you can you can find different ways of getting to the place that you still want to go, but I think that they have to be places that are going to make sense when you reach that ultimate destination. So Darlene may not be a heavy presence in whatever the feature film version of Mr. Robot was. We don't know. We have no idea right now, um, and we may never know. Um, but whatever her story has expressed to me, it would it would only it would it would make the most sense if that was in service of whatever it is that. MS Mail has had in mind for Mr. Robot from the beginning. Um, so is it is it possible that there is stuff in here that is dramatically different from what was in mind for for the film? Absolutely. But if this is if this is being done in a way where I'm 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 very much attempting to execute this original vision just in this much greater canvas, um, then I think that everything that we have seen really needs to be in service of that. And if that destination is some sort of like full tilt reversal of reality, um, then there better be a really good explanation for how something like Darlene and her experiences fits into that picture. Um, otherwise, you've deviated much more off course than I'm comfortable with. I, I, I feel you, and I agree. I, and I think that, and I know, and I, I should, I should say also, and since we're in the, we're, we're in the, the, the position of, of putting this plane down for ourselves, the final time, Antonio, that you and I are going to be able to talk about Mr. Robot hypothetically without knowing what the outcome is. Right. I'm not concerned about that. Me neither. I'm, I am of the belief that this is going to land in an, in a dazzling way. I expect us to, uh, gasps are where oh, it's at. eyes. I know that we're all worried about plane crashes, but I'm not that concerned. I, I think that this is the show that you and I have been talking about for years now, my friend. Uh, I'm very excited about the possibilities of where it's going to go. Uh, I'm, I'm, what I'm, what I'm articulating right now is, uh, a concern that I would have depending on the ending. Um, but not, not the belief, uh, to use a word that White Rose, uh, has been, has been after. Uh, I don't know if she's been after my belief specifically. Uh, but I, my, my, belief is I'm going to be uh, the, the sense of like WTF bewilderment and joy uh, and exuberance and just feeling because it wasn't all just, you know, jubilance throughout 411. 411 was dark at times. White Rose shot herself. Yeah, wearing uh, her dress, by the way. That she, you know, uh, we knew she would die in. Yeah, you know, and it was it was very moving at points. Even the video game, even the the exit of it all was yeah. very very moving. That hug between Elliot and Darlene. I'm expecting a lot of like those senses and feelings that I felt in 411 to be what I feel here in the end. I'm expecting to be uh, uh, sad and delighted and shocked. Uh, and above all else, just like buzzing with feeling by the end of Mr. Robot. It, it, I agree. And I think no matter the fact that we, it's clear that we're dealing with from the Philip Price or the Michael Christopher quote to uh, everything Dr. Amanda said to just the man versus himself 
conflict that has been at the center of all this. We're dealing with Elliot having to come to grips with Elliot, that Elliot has to wake up. He has to find out what he did. He has to move on from that. That will be very emotional. We will nail that. And it definitely invites concerns that we're going to get into a place that's a little too wacky. I'm, I'm confident that we won't. But these hints are there. Even if you want to accept that we're in alternate worlds or if you want to talk about that, the themes of Elliot. Uh, having to confront like the possibilities of those things, the themes of our Elliot, the one that we have come to know, the one that we have processed so much, the one that we sat there and witnessed with Krista and everything with Vera, that Elliot that we have just grown with and been side by side with that he has lied to us. Uh, and yes, uh, we have problems, but you know what? We stand by each other and we stand up. Uh, we love him throughout, despite the things that he's done. Uh, that's the Elliot that we are with. Uh, he has to come to grips with all this. There are these signs throughout. Building together is the sign we see when he gets off the bus. Um, live with the power of tomorrow today uh, is the power plant sign. When a door closes, a window opens is the sign that he sees in the room. Um, the boxes in the alternate world uh, say self-storage. Uh, it is They're right there in front of us saying these are Elliot's. The mixed up files is what we're dealing with. Uh, the lyrics of the song from OK Go, I've got to lose myself tonight. I've got to let it all go tonight. Like these... This is what Elliot has to deal with. Uh, that's what we're going to deal with. Of course, it will be emotional. Of course, they will nail the emotion of this. Rami Malik has destroyed this performance throughout. I expect nothing less. Uh, I expect tears. I expect gasps. I expect to be dazzled. I expect that I won't be let down. I don't think we're going to lens too far back and end up in a snow globe uh, or waking up uh, in an inn in Vermont. I don't expect that that's what will happen. Um, but I do think that there's at least the possibility that we could go crazy with this because it was a movie at one point. Uh, because yeah, you I have mean, we already are, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're already going we're, nuts. Yeah, we, we're in a sideways universe, for sure. You know, we went nuclear yeah. in this episode. So, Which, uh, like I said, not to spoil Comet, but that is a there is there are elements of that within Comet as well well uh so it is something that sam esmail clearly kicked the tires on already uh this is something that is it it fits with the back to the future especially his favorite back to the future two uh, alternate timelines we had all of the hill valley connections here uh from the signs uh as you're hearing washington township to the bum on the bench that's where we are that's what we're dealing with Uh, i'm excited I'm excited as well. Uh, just one more podcast, uh, or, or I guess two more podcasts. We've got one more episode of Mr. Robot here before we wrap things up for good. Uh, you got a final prediction you want to make before we close out the show today? Final prediction. Will we find out who Lube Man is? Oh, sorry. Wrong show. <laughs> wrong show. Sorry. I'm in a different universe. Yeah. In a different universe, you are Lube Man. Uh, yes. No, let's see. My my main prediction, let's see. If I if I had to put one flag down, uh, I, I, don't know, I guess it would be that, that this is... Uh, that this is definitely in Elliot's head and it is not a, in fact, White Rose machine actually worked, created an alternate universe thing. That's not a very big prediction. Do you have one? Yeah, it's all inside of Terry Colby's mind. Oh, Challenge Beast? Terry Colby? Challenge Beast. The, the, the CB Terry Colby is going to be the, the key to unlocking everything. No, I that, don't. That, would be, that ending, I'll tell you what, uh, that, would, that would have a lot of balls. I'm out of big balls. Yes. Hairy ones. I'm, I'm out of predictions, man. I'm ready to just experience this thing. I'm so excited to experience this finale. I'm so excited to talk about it with you. Uh, we'll do two podcasts about this for sure. We're going to do our, our immediate reaction to it and then we'll do feedback as well. Uh, so get ready. 
this is happening. We're in the we are, as Doctor Strange would say, in the end game now. Folks. I'm excited. Can't wait. I'm excited. I'm, 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 I'm excited. And I want to thank everybody for all the feedback in just a very short time after this episode. Uh, clearly, everybody else is excited here. Yes. Um, if we didn't get to it's, your feedback, it's an exciting time in the it's world. Exciting times in the world right now. If we didn't get to your feedback, we definitely read it. Uh, we're glad you're along this ride with us. It seems like um, a common theme that was articulated in this feedback. Uh, and hopefully, if you're listening to this in the future, this won't be the case. Uh, it's that people don't know other people who watch the show. So uh, hopefully you'll be able to persuade some other people in your lives to watch the show. Uh, the standard reminder, if you're in the U.S., it's on Amazon Prime. Um, you can watch the first three seasons for free with your Prime membership. They are not sponsoring this podcast. I just want people to watch Mr. Robot. Uh, certainly, uh, I'm glad for all the people who do, and especially glad for those of you who listen to us and who send us feedback. All right. We will be back in short order with our recap of the series finale of Sam Esmail's Mr. Robot. Take care, everybody. Goodbye.